You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellotto, joined as always by Chris Flum. Got a little bit of pep in my step here, ladies and gentlemen, because there is a ton of news to go over today was the first training camp practice. Media, fans, they were in attendance. We got some good clips from the people whose boots are on the deck over there around Giants Stadium, around the Giants facility, but we also have some contracts to go over, some new Giants, some former fourth-round picks who were released. But before we get into everything, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. I can't say that I have pep in my step because, well, I'm sitting. I'm not stepping anywhere. But it is nice to have training camp here. It's nice to have actual football news to talk about and that it things are moving forward, not that you know, the will they, won't they with the Saquon Barkley contract that we talked about in you know, June and early July. Let's get right into the Saquon Barkley contract. A little bit of a surprise. It was, a, it was somewhat surprising. We saw the two sides deliberating all the way up until July 17th. Nothing ended up happening. It seemed like bad blood was about to spill all over the New York Giants. And then, boom, out of nowhere, he doesn't sign the franchise tag per se, but he signs a contract pretty similar to the franchise tag with some more incentives. Chris, what were your initial thoughts on the retention of Saquon Barkley for one more season? Well, he, he was pretty much always going to be retained for one more season. I didn't think there was really any, there, there might've been a non-zero chance of a regular season holdout, but the fact that it could have possibly happened that I, I didn't think it was going to happen in, in anything approaching realistically. So it, he was, he was always going to be retained, but I do think it was a good move on both sides to get, basically find some kind of common ground to get Barkley on the field in practice. Yeah. The sense I've gotten just kind of reading it, looking at things is that both the giants and Saquon Barkley, after they failed to reach a deal for a multi-year contract, kind of stepped back, looked at things all over and just kind of realized, Oh no, we did not want this to happen. We did not want to reach this kind of an impasse. I think both sides kind of looked at the uh, the clamor that came up around the fan base. And I think that's Saquon's camp and also the Giants camp. We know John Mara can be swayed by fans. He's done That's happened in the past. And I think that kind of drove them back to the negotiating table. And the Giants gave up a little bit. Yeah, they gave up some incentives that are, I would say, reasonable if Barkley plays like he did last year, if he has the same role in the offense that he had a year ago. And, you know, 
it was enough to avert the holdout, to avert the potential distraction, and get the Giants' best one of the one of their best players in the premises. I felt like the incentives they're a little lofty because first off it doesn't preclude the Giants from using the franchise tag next year, which I thought this contract would have that for Saquon's case. But the incentives are as follows. 11 or more total touchdowns, so that's rushing or receiving, plus qualify for the playoffs. 65 or more receptions, plus qualify for the playoffs. 13, uh, 1,350 rushing yards, plus qualify for the playoffs. And it includes just over 900K in incentives that will not count against the 2023 cap. So the Giants have to make the playoffs for these incentives to kick in. And look, the Giants haven't gone back to back in the playoffs since 07 to 08. It's been quite a while since the Giants have done that. I'm not saying that it's that it's unlikely that they will. They they perfectly, they, they, they could. They, they have a real shot to make the, the playoffs this year, but it's not necessarily a given. So much can happen. So I didn't even feel like those incentives were strong for Barkley's camp. No, like, as I said, if Barkley plays the way he did last year, when he was, you know, one touchdown shy, he had 10. Uh, he had 57 receptions as opposed to the 65. He had 1300 yards. So like they're, they basically want him to play just a little bit better than he did a year ago. But I would say that the, the Part of it that gives me pause is a the condition that the Giants have to make the playoffs, which could be easier said than done this year. They've got a tough schedule, and I could see both the Lions and the Seahawks being ascended, being better than they were a year ago, and they were very close with the Giants. But you know, I I'm not sure if we should expect Barkley to have quite the same role in the offense that he had a year ago where, you know, last year in four of the giants wins, they had, I believe it was 27 or 28 total passing yards. There were several games where they just didn't throw the ball in the fourth quarter. They just kept handing it off to Saquon Barkley. And he had an absolutely massive start to the season, that first five or six games. And yeah, if he doesn't get that same role, can he get the same yardage? Can he get double-digit touchdowns? Can he lead the team in receptions again, or at least tie for the lead? Because that's what he did a year ago. And that's what he's going to hope to do again to earn these incentives. But I want to transition a little bit. We'll get to Andrew Thomas's contract after the break. But training camp started today and we have some cool highlights darren waller he's unguardable bryce ford wheaton had this crazy touchdown where he adjusted his body as did saquon barkley to toe drag swag into the end zone which was really nice by saquon barkley after signing his contract but there's no hitting right now it's not like daniel jones is under pressure there's no real scheming going on it's just kind of cool to see the creative usage of personnel from an offensive perspective and to see how the rookies adjust john michael schmitz was not the starter it was ben bredesen but six Giants 
landed on the pup list. And there were a couple other players who also were not in attendance, opening up some roster spots. And those six giants who landed on the pup list, again, that means they're going to miss training camp, meaning they can't practice, but they can be in the building. And then we'll have to wait and see if they go into the season on the pup as well, which is going to result in a loss of four games. They would have to miss four games. And if they don't, if they're not activated after that, they might be reverted to the IR. So we'll have to wait and see. But the players are wide receiver Wandell Robinson, Wide receiver Sterling Shepard, offensive guard Marcus McKithen, defensive tackle DJ Davidson, defensive tackle Ashawn Robinson, who tore his meniscus, I think in November last year with the Rams. He lands on the pup, which was somewhat surprising to me. And then cornerback Aaron Robinson. Wide receiver Jamison Crowder landed on the non-football injury list. Vernon Butler was placed on the reserve, did not report list. Don't know what's going on there. And then cornerback Leonard Johnson was waived with an injury settlement, had something wrong with his knee. Are any of these shocking to you? And how do you think this may impact the Gi- the current Giants who are actually in training camp? I think the one beneficiary of all this is definitely Cole Beasley. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would say Cole Beasley is a definite beneficiary because I personally had Jamison Crowder above him. Yeah, I'm curious what went on there. I suspect, don't know, this is just speculation on my part, that he might that he tweaked a calf while working out, which, yeah, that's kind of easy to do. Uh, we saw Aziz Ojolari do that just running sprints at the end of that joint scrimmage with the Jets last year. So, yeah, that one was kind of a surprise to me. The Ver- the Vernon Butler situation where I yeah, did not report reserve with an un and it was just undisclosed. We we don't know what's going on there. That one was a surprise. I would say Aaron Robinson and Ashawn Robinson, those two are interesting. It's not a huge, huge surprise to me that Ashawn Robinson is starting on the pup list because yeah, he had a workout with the Giants in the spring, left without a contract, then signed a contract later. Yeah, he's a big dude. And meniscus injuries, they can linger a bit because you, you don't get a whole lot of blood flow to the meniscus. Uh, I would hope that whatever surgery he underwent, because the, the injury was suffered back in uh, November 22nd, if I remember correctly. It was the end of November. It was late in the season. Yeah, hopefully whatever surgery he had to correct that, it was just like a trim. It wasn't a microfracture surgery. That would be significant. That would be significantly more concerning to me, but we haven't heard anything either way about him. Then Aaron Robinson, he had a partial tear of his ACL and MCL, suffered early last year. I want to say either late September or early October. It was week four against Chicago. Which would be roughly late September, early October. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a little surprised that he isn't healthy and ready to go. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he was on the field for minicamp, but again, c- considering his lower body injuries, his history with the the Achilles and then the ACL, I can I understand the Giants being cautious with him because yeah, you know, he has he's gone through a lot so far, and. I've said this before. I do worry about his long-term health, just given everything he's been through since he's entered the NFL. So I would say there are some of them that are a little eyebrow raising, but also not a huge surprise 
Ed mentioned to me that he thought the pup list was more crowded than he expected, but just seeing all the injuries straight out, it, it kind of makes sense. I would expect maybe Marcus McKethan, Sterling Shepard to be the first two guys off the list. Maybe then Aaron Robinson and hopefully all of these guys are ready to start the season. It really opens up snaps, though, for some of these back-end wide receivers and the defensive linemen behind Sean Robinson and DJ Davidson. I mean, depending on where DJ Davidson is on the roster, but the people I'm really referring to, Kobe Smith, who the Giants added just after OTAs, and then Brandon Bryant, who the Giants just signed, a former Buffalo Bill. I think a lot of these players that the Giants are adding, they also added Tayshawn Bauer, who's more of an edge rusher, former LSU Tiger. So those are the two signings. And then Ellerson Smith was released and Trenton Thompson was waived, or I should say Ellerson Smith was waived. Sorry, it's a little bit of a difference there. But players like Jordan Riley, players like Brandon Bryant, players like Ryder Anderson, I feel like snaps are opening up for these specific players because of DJ Davidson, Sean Robinson. Everybody knows what you're getting out of Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence already. And Raheem Nunez-Rochez was actually involved in a car accident. This news just broke yesterday. Everything is fine. He just has a concussion. So we'll have to wait and see how long that lingers for into training camp. But that does open up valuable snaps for these players who are similar, right? They, they're all around 290, 300 pounds are all very long players. It seems like the Giants have a prototype for some of their defensive linemen that they want them to be defensive linemen in certain situations, but they're also athletic enough and long enough to kick out and play edge. Players like Ryder Anderson fit that bill. So there are some opportunities to be seized from some of these back-end defensive linemen, some who have only been with the New York Giants for like a cappuccino, not even a cup of coffee, Chris. I mean, <laughs> just a cappuccino. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and actually, I, I like that you brought up Ryder Anderson because we heard recently, just within the last couple of days, that he is up over 300 pounds, and he was kind of an outlier on the Giants' defensive line as a guy who was coming in at less than 300 pounds. I believe he was like 285, 290, right around there. So coming from like 290 up to 303, yet that's not a huge weight gain you know, say he gained 15 pounds, but it, that is still kind of notable in that we see a lot of the NFL slimming down, ha guys losing weight to be faster, be more athletic. Meanwhile, we see the Giants just getting bigger. Like, I think their defensive line is well over a thousand pounds right now. And if you get their whole depth chart might weigh a literal ton. You know what, and that's at, after final cutdowns. Right now, th they just have a lot of very, very large dudes on that defensive line. So, I would I thought perhaps Ryder Anderson being a little smaller, a little more athletic, a little leaner, that could have potentially worked in, in his favor if he was able to translate that into disruptiveness. But him being bigger, you know, that it'll be interesting to see how he plays you know, plus 15 pounds, get, you know, just rough guesstimate over what he was a year ago. Yeah, I'm wondering if he could still maintain the quickness that he did possess last year. I mean, he made the rosters as a guy who wasn't even an undrafted free agent per se. He was a train or he was a um, 
an OTA minicamp invite who made the roster. That, that's very rare. So I'm pulling for a guy like Ryder Anderson, and I think his his build there, there's a place for that on this roster if he can kind of take a step in development. It's just more crowded now. But with, as we said, with some of these snaps open, maybe he could seize the opportunity in training camp. One more note before we go to the ad break. Jalen Hyatt did leave practice. It was heat-related. He ended up returning, so there's not too much to read into there. He was being used on end-arounds. You have players like Isaiah Hodgins, fellow wide receiver, kind of burnt Deontay Banks on a on a whip route in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Generally speaking, according to a lot of the people who are on the beat, a lot of the people who were there, and just from the, the, the plays that I see on Twitter, it looks like the offense, 7-on-7 seven seven period, so read into it if you will, the offense was really crisp and efficient in the red zone against the defense. Again, I don't really know how to quantify that because it's not like Daniel Jones was getting uh, his ass pressured or anything like that from Dexter Lawrence, but it is still nice to see uh, the creative implementation and some of the plays that we saw. Yeah, the uh, that one Saquon Barkley touchdown, the clips made the, made the rounds. Daniel Jones probably could have had a sandwich back there he could have had a sandwich maybe a nice gatorade yeah it was in the morning so probably didn't want to mix up a margarita anything like that save that for the afternoon yeah that play probably would have been a throwaway in a full team 11 on 11 pads on situation because you know once the pads go on guys get a little bit more physical even among teammates and then once the defensive line even though they're still not allowed to hit the quarterback you know, once the pads go on, you don't just have a coach standing there saying, you know, like, this is where the defensive lineman would be. You know, you would have guys pressuring into the backfield, penetrating that offensive line, and your quarterback is not going to get five to seven seconds to <laughs> scan the field and wait for, you know, the safety to stop his feet so the running back can break open to the to the sideline there. So the clips look great, but like you said, read into this what you will. It's the first day of practice. It's great that the ball rarely touched the ground, but things don't get really real until the pads come on, which if I remember correctly, that will be Saturday or Sunday, depending on which day they get off. I'm not 100% certain if that was just first team for both the offense and the defense. I know Xavier McKinney was out there, but we did see Darian Beavers on that play. So maybe, again, read into it what you will. But before we get into Andrew Thomas's just a contract. Just before and, we take our break. Quick, okay, uh, let's do it. Uh, Darian Beavers was counted among the starters. So that's something definitely okay. to keep our eye on. So read into it then. Definitely read into it. <laughs> All righty. Yes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here before we get into some more Giants news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty, Chris. Huge news for the New York football Giants signing Andrew Thomas early, a five-year, $117.5 million contract extension with $67 million guaranteed. 
Look, Andrew Thomas is one of the best offensive tackles in the league after a a poor rookie season, to be frank, especially the first half of the rookie season. He stabilized in 2021, was dominant in 2022, and now he was rewarded with this massive contract. I love the fact that Joe Shane was... I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but he just took care of a player that he knew he was going to sign before he had to, because if he did wait and Andrew Thomas had another all pro type of season, that contract would have skyrocketed even more. Andrew Thomas took the security of this deal. It's a very good deal for him as well. Makes him one of the more high, the second highest paid tackle in the league, according to AAV with more guarantees than the first highest paid tackle, which is Laramie Tunsil. So what's your read on this Andrew Thomas extension situation a part of it i'm almost surprised this didn't happen sooner it this was the first year andrew thomas was eligible for a contract extension and i fully expected to see it like in the run-up to free agency because he has just become that good he is the type of player you don't want even you don't want to even be able to sniff free agency and i would also count Dexter Lawrence in that group as well, in that tier of player who he also got a big deal locking him up before he could even really get close to free agency. Now, to me, this is very, very refreshing because this is the first time in not even recent memory, just basically since like Eli Manning got his second contract that the Giants have locked up a guy early they didn't wait until the last possible second to sign a core player to a contract extension and i I am calling this the brandon brown effect you know the joe shane's number two the guy the giants hired away from the philadelphia eagles and to me this is a very eagles move yeah say what you will about the team and unfortunately Giants fans can't say a whole lot about the Eagles team right now because they've been pretty good, (laughs) but I'll say Howie Roseman has been a wizard at manipulating and controlling the cap, keeping that team deep and making sure their core players stick around and are pretty much always on team friendly deals. And the biggest way they do that is by locking up good young players early yes you take it on the chin right now like 67 million guaranteed 117 and a half million total for this contract extension that's a lot of money but that is going to get more and more affordable the cap is going to go up and also players like Pinay Sewell like Rashawn Slater they are going to be hitting the market and they will be exceeding this deal so this the Giants did not want to try to negotiate Andrew Thomas's contract contract extension after Rashawn Slater's, after Pinay Sewell's. They wanted to get him locked up as soon as possible. They wanted to set the market that other teams have to beat for elite tackles. And for the 2023 season, Andrew Thomas was set to be paid. $10 million against the cap this year. This contract extension lowers that to $5 million, giving the Giants a little bit of a reprieve 
in the immediate. So if an injury does happen or if they want to sign a, say, a linebacker or an edge to help round out this roster, they'll have a little bit of flexibility to do that. And one more thing that you mentioned, too, it's very important. Look, I hate the Eagles. Chris, I know you have disdain for the Eagles. More than likely, everyone listening to this podcast, not huge fans of the birds, <laughs> as they say. But I would love to replicate what Howie Roseman has done over there because you got to call a spade a spade. Howie Roseman has been one of the better, more progressive general managers in the National Football League. And the Eagles have consistently been competing, right? I mean, they signed Carson Wentz, which was an absolute unmitigated disaster. It was a huge mistake. They get Jalen Hurts. They draft Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Terrible mistake. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They find ways to win because they're a well-run organization to where you can make mistakes, but they're not going to cripple you. They're not going to damage you. And I think there is a lot of a lot of respect that I have for Howie Roseman because of that fact. So the sheer fact that we have Brandon Brown, the Giants have Brandon Brown in, in the building, and you start to see just how the Giants are handling situations a little bit differently. It gives me uh, it gives me a little bit of hope for the future. And I believe really Joe Shane and Brian Dable, just this new administration, this new front office has done nothing but inspire hope for the future of the New York Giants. Because for a while, Chris, it looked a little bit bleak. So do you have anything else before we get out of here, my man? Yeah, certainly. Like just one last note on Howie Roseman. Like you said, he hasn't been the best judge of talent. Like the the Eagles did a great job scouting and developing Jordan Bailata, but they also drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. The things they have done, you know, they had uh, Andre Dillard as a yep. highly drafted offensive tackle. He has been a complete bust for them, you know, and, and Eric Flowers level bust for them but they haven't let those high leverage misses, you know, important positions, quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle. They're missing on those and staying competitive. And two of the big reasons why are number one, how Howie Roseman really attacks free agency to keep the cap under control while keeping the team competitive. And also he does not really buy into the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, they moved on from Carson Wentz. They just shipped him out. Yeah, they moved on from Andre Dillard. They moved on from Jalen Rager. They went out and got AJ Brown. And I can only hope that Brandon Brown sticks around long enough that the Giants are able to do that with some better scouting on their side. Because I will say, Joe Shane has been very good at identifying talent, getting guys like Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Timon Fox, yeah, guys who might, uh, Richie James, who has since moved on to San Francisco. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> Minor brain fart. Yeah. If the Giants can get, can maintain that, the good scouting that they've had, the good, eye for talent and then learn those lessons from the Eagles take what the Eagles do well with add that to what they're already doing well we'll just put a note in there <laughs> what was that just an ad or something an alarm went off hmm. all right yeah just uh Call we're just saw yeah you know we 25 were. all right
add that to what the the Eagles have been doing well. Learn those lessons from the Eagles. The Giants front office could be one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. Of course, I am at this point, I'm not sure how long Brandon Brown is going to stick around because if the Giants can continue this rebuild on the trajectory they set last year, and then he's got that pedigree from the Eagles where they had those misses and still made the Super Bowl. I'm not sure he'll be here in 2024. And that's not a thing I really want to think about. If Chris, if the Giants are successful this year and they go back to the playoffs, Brandon Brown and Mike Kafka are two two personnel that the Giants have that I wouldn't expect back the next season because I think they would both be promoted. Now, there's a lot that has to happen until that time, but I think it, those are the two that I circle on the Giants. Like, if the Giants are successful again, I think it's sayonara to both of them, unfortunately, but great for their individual careers. And one more thing just on Joe Shane and the front office. I believe one of the one, one of the primary reasons I do have hope isn't just because they have showed us competency for the first time in a while over the last year and some change, but also the marriage between Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I think it's one of the aspects of the NFL that that fans overlook sometimes is the cohesive na- how important the cohesive nature between the general manager and the head coach is. And these guys aren't just cohesive, they're friends. They're very friendly and I think that can be can be a successful framework, which we're already kind of seeing right now, just because man, we, we've seen it with the giants. We've, we've seen contentious head coach, general manager situations with the New York giants in recent memory. And I don't believe, or I don't see really a path for that to happen. Yeah. They might have disagreements, but I think there are adults in the room and they can disagree while also respecting the opposing point of view. So I'm really excited about just how cohesive this team from the coaching staff all the way up to the front office and general manager, how they appear to be anything else, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's it. Like we, we could probably dig into that last point quite a bit. I, that would be a whole separate podcast, which you know, if we get a chance, maybe we should record that podcast. That would have been excellent for an off season show. <laughs> Here we are. Right. Now, now, training camp. <laughs> now we think of it. All righty, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on big blue View Radio. If you have not done so already, please like, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. That stuff does wonders for the algorithm in iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get our podcasts. And also head on over to bigblueview.com. We are extensively covering training camp and New York football giants. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.